There is a crisis playing out in the dry, sandy Kalahari woodlands. When Botswana became a poacher-free zone, the news quickly spread from one elephant family to another, and a great migration occurred. No one knows how they communicate, but they most certainly do. A determined family of caring people is caught in the middle of the drama. The elephants came into our hearts, and soon we realized that we need to give water to these animals. The water shortage is the most severe in living memory, the worst drought in over 40 years. And look at that Majesty. elephant, no water to drink. They're all going to die. 60% of Africa's elephants now live in Botswana. Oh, my God. There's not enough water for them. So they started breaking everything. We can't fix it immediately. We're stuck in the middle of nowhere. Nearest town is 250 kilometers away. So this one is completely gone. Not good. We need the clients to pay for the water. And we need the water to give the elephants. So it's, it's, it's not easy. The tourists typically only stay a few days. Yet they're often unaware that these same elephants are in a fight for their lives. rather switch off the water in the chalets for the guests, rather give the elephants. Because you can skip a night or two without showering, but they can't go a day without drinking water. I remember Mari asking me when we started pumping water, do you want the trees or do you want the elephants? So I looked at them and said, I want the elephants. They are beautiful things. I love them. I do love them. Even if they break everything, I do love them. All I can say is, do not try this at home. Hey there! Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. everybody welcome to big blend radio's nature connection show every fourth friday along with our guest co-host fine art nature photographer margaret carrera we talk about the environment we talk about wildlife we talk about climate change nature trees botany anything to do with you know mother nature we're here um and maybe this even today's show might not even air on the fourth friday because we've got a lot going on when it comes to the nature connection show so we're kind of doubling up because there's just so much to share with you all and so thank you for tuning in today's special guest is award-winning documentary filmmaker louise hogarth and we're so excited to have her join us on the show to talk about her film elephant refugees a fight to survive when water runs dry it is out now worldwide on digital platforms i encourage you to go to her website it's dolfilms.org she does so much in film uh, really you know raising awareness and um and action because we can become aware 
but if we just stay aware and not do anything, what's the point? So <laughs> she she does inspire action. Uh, so welcome to the show, Louise. How are you? I'm very well, Lisa. Thank you for having me on the show. All three of us are very excited. I know our audience is going to be excited to uh, connect with you too. Uh, but you know, we've all watched Elephant Refugees. Um, Nancy and I, this is very dear right. to us, having lived in Africa for, I don't know, is it the majority of our life, Nancy? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah. At least that was, <laughs> we're just getting younger. It really hit yes. home. Um, we've also lived through a drought in South Africa. We've lived through, mm -hmm. and in Kenya, and mm -hmm. um, drought is is oh. hitting Margo's neighborhood in San Diego, right, Margo? It's, it's getting scary for California. It, it is, uh, especially Central California, um, it, mm -hmm. th where people I get most a lot of the food that you see on your table. So, yeah, yeah, because they're drawing it from Northern California and Northern California is running out. So it's quite a controversy here. Mm. There's a lot going on in regards to water, but, um, you know, yes. climate change, I don't think is helping. And so this is what I find very, number one, uh, the story is very, uh, you know, a family running, uh, you know, Elephant Sands. It's a, a resort out in Botswana in the Kalahari section. And um, and the Kalahari Desert is amazing, man. Um, but this is a very unique situation. This family found themselves in with all these elephants coming out to the resort for water because um, of the hunting ban at the time in Botswana, which I believe has now been overturned. In fact, Louise, we actually did radio shows about Botswana and their ban um, oh. on hunting. Uh -huh. oh. And um, we've done shows in regards to the Safari Club and what they do and saying, hey, let's let's kill an oh, elephant yeah. to save elephants. So, you know, this yeah. family was in, I mean, this is, I think this has got to be one of the most unique positions of coexistence, right? But at the same time, I don't think it's going to be as unique in the next 10 to 20 years. What would you say? Mm-hmm. Well, when I was shooting there, it was a very unique situation. The president of Botswana, Ian Kama, had outlawed all legalized hunting, all caging of animals. You couldn't cage him. You couldn't cage a dog. He was quite a revolutionary. And um, the elephants, somehow, you know, they, they communicate. We don't know how. Somehow they found out about the ban on hunting. And all of the countries that surround Botswana, 60% of, of Africa's elephants fled to Botswana for safety. And wow. um, they, in, in front of, of the bush camp, there was an old, an ancient pan there. And in, in the old days, before there were so many climate change had created so many droughts, the water would seep up from underground and the elephants had the memory to go there. So they did go. And that's when the family started trying to provide water at great cost to themselves. I mean, all the money they took in from the bush camp went to buy water because they had to buy it. They had to truck it in, you know, to a location near the camp, Elephant Sands, but not all the way in because the sand, the truck would get stuck and they started providing water. And that's, it's the story of the heroics of the family and their struggle and the elephants who could be very entertaining. They had a lot of regulars. The elephants, you know, would turn on the taps, as you saw, and flush mm -hmm. the toilet to get water. And it was as if someone had spread, you know, fairy dust over that camp. There was never any threats. There was never any, the elephants were just seemed to know that people were trying to help them. 
But now, as you said, the situation has changed. So now Elephant Sands is 16,000 hectares and the surrounding area that surrounds them is 1.1 million hectares. And that's all hunting now. I think, like you mentioned, the uh, Safari Club are despicable. I think it's about $80,000. And you, uh, yeah. And, and the thing is, the hunting season's all year round. It's not like deer season when, you know, the deer all disappear because they know it's hunting season for two months. Yeah, so now it's all year round. Now the elephants are coming into the camp. They're very stressed. There's not that same feeling. They're, they're stressed. They're anxious. And I, I kind of worry if something's going to happen with one of the tourists that's there. Because in the past, you were very safe. But now it's, it's, it's a different story. Hmm. So oh. on the good... On the, go ahead. I was just going to say, wow. I mean, when you just think about, you know, I, I it just, even in the film, you know, he, he was talking about, you know, just how much a hunter will pay in, right? And it's like, but it's like they're trying so hard to do the right thing of having the collective um, support right. through tourism, environmental yeah. tourism. And, you know, just as a family, it's like, okay, people are complaining if they have a swimming, don't have the swimming goal. So then they need, they're, yeah. they're in that, that, uh, it's like a quagmire of like, you know, it's between a rock and a hard place, you know, hey, have a pool Definitely. and make the visitors happy, but the, the elephants are going to take, you know, a swim and um, have fun in the pool, but yeah. they're going to drink the yeah. water really. But the guests, and then if uh -huh. you don't have the water, then you get, you know, guests that are like, well, we wanted a pool. And so there's, and right. it's interesting to me that some of the guests aren't quite getting it while they're there. And then you see ones that truly get it, you know? Um, right. Oh, it just makes it. I mean, it's right in your face. I mean, I remember Nancy. Remember in the drought in South Africa when we first moved there. I remember even. I think we were staying in a. Um, I can't remember where we were staying, and it was like a hotel when we first got there, and you actually mm -hmm. had to pay for a bath plug, and so oh, they yeah. would know how much water <laughs> there was. The the uh, really? the actual wow. bathtub. When it was painted where you were allowed to put the water, what to so fill it up to. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't really? allowed to have, yeah, you were and showers were mm -hmm. out because wow. showers, showers you know, were out going. You could had to take a bath and, and even in South Africa, really? I mean, I remember people would take bath, one bath after another in the same bath water. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that's the most hygienic thing, but when water is Family short, members. yeah. And, um, what year was that? Oh my God. That oh, was, remember when that was? That was going to be the mid eighties, oh, yeah. Because yeah, because we left oh. Kenya, I think, in eighty two or eighty three. Then we lived in England, but it was Pretoria that. Yeah, that Pretoria when yeah. we first got to Pretoria. That that. Um, yeah, I was in, in South Africa in the mid eighties. Yeah, I never heard of that. That's interesting. Oh. And, and showers use a lot more water. I didn't know that. Well, I think in hotels they were trying to monitor it better, so it was at that point you really took a bath, and it was. It was like that one situation, and after that, we didn't experience it. So I don't know if it was mm -hmm. coming out of a huh. drought. It, you know, I was what, maybe yeah, ten, eleven, eleven. I don't know how old I was mm -hmm. or young I was, but um, not that young anymore. Interesting. For sure. <laughs> but yeah, the, <laughs> but the drought thing happens, and it's so real in Africa, and it's and it's. What's a long drought? Talking long about four yeah. years. That's something for people. I mean my one of my best friends her her dad that's what he does is boreholes and really and that's changing yeah oh, <laughs> that's like, in africa like, 
yeah, in South Africa, he's in, in I'm going to go yaw now, like yeah. my accent is going right back. Um, he, he, that's what he does is, is boreholes, but they're trying mm. to do boreholes with using solar now. And I don't know, they're doing all kinds of interesting things, but um, yes, it, we, we have solar boreholes in, oh. in uh, open town. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, we actually raise money. I raise money and they raise some money for seven boreholes. And originally they weren't solar powered, but then we converted them to solar. But now out of the seven, four of them are in the hunting area. So we stopped supporting them. You know, you have to, you have to maintain them because it's just a, the hunters just go there and sit by the borehole and wait for a big elephant to come by. Oh, we still have sucks. three. Yeah, we have three that we're supporting and we're using solar and we're trying to raise money to expand, the get more batteries because they each support about 800 elephants a day, but we could double that if we had a bigger batteries so we could have it running 24 hours a day. Oh, so mm. please, how, how can people help? That's the thing about your documentaries. Like I, I'm like, what can we do to help? Because I know it's the drought goes in and out. I remember, I mean, it wasn't a couple of years ago, Cape Town was like about to run out of water yeah. completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Day zero. Yeah. Day zero. Yeah. What, yeah, what well, can we you do? Can, um, you, you can go to my website, which is dollfilms.org and donate money. You could donate directly to Elephant Sands, but that's difficult because it's hard to, you, you have to have a foreign currency and or it's complicated. And yeah. on my website, I am a nonprofit, so you get a, a you know, you get a deduction and we can improve each borehole for about $12,000. That's about the cost. And we have three. We'd like to put up a couple more, but it's, you know, the COVID uh, two year ban on tourism in Botswana, it really, really killed all the resources that they have. Ben and Mari spend all their money just keeping that place going because, you know, as you as you've seen in the movie, in the documentary, if you, if they don't get water, they, they will flatten everything. They're just so desperate. They will just mm-hmm. flatten the buildings. They have in the past flattened them, and you have to rebuild. And they're in the middle of nowhere, so it's hard to get new supplies to get a new uh, toilet or hot water tank, new thatcher. Yeah. But it's so not it's just this, the elephants. It's a huge that struggle. It's not just the elephants that the water is supporting, and that's something they show, you showed in the film too. Hippos, zebras, I mean, the bird life. I mean, that's Everybody, the ecosystem. Right. Yeah. So what's happening? Yeah. So the, are they there. now with this new the hunting back? With, with this, uh-huh. I still don't understand how I don't get it. killing so, saves animals. That doesn't Money. make sense to me. But um, it's like zoos. Zoos always talk about conservation and they're not, they don't know anything about conservation. They're all about the money and their huge salaries that they get. Well, it's the same thing with Botswana. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, some zoos are trying, which I'm I'm loving seeing them do more rescue work. And that, Mm. um, that I'm like all for breeding. I mean, I remember we did a show when they were importing elephants from Swaziland to the Ohio Zoo yeah. here, and and that yeah. just anyway, oh, uh, boy, yeah, disgusting. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's so. I mean, zoos zoos are outdated. They were in the 1800s when people had no way to see an animal. Now you can go to Nat Geo, Discovery, any channel you want, and see them up close and personal. You don't need to go to a zoo and see them swaying their heads back and forth. The elephants because they're so stressed living in a little tiny area. And I, I hate zoos. Well, you know, I'm going to go back to um, Adam Roberts. Um, 
he worked with Born Free USA uh, for many years and was on our show for many years. And uh-huh. that ties back to Nancy's history too. Nancy worked with Joy Adamson, Born Free, Elsa the Lion, that for those who remember her, um, she worked I with her tracking her. wildlife mm-hmm. in Kenya. Um, mm-hmm. That's how we ended up there. And then Joy got murdered and then a whole other story started. Yeah. But, wow. <laughs> yeah. but um, anyway, so Adam was talking, I remember on a show, we were talking mm-hmm. about this whole thing. And I think zoos are, I mean, they've had a lot of backlash over the years, especially, you know, like the whole SeaWorld thing and everything, but there are some really trying in some ways. And 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 so we should support the good stuff and nail them on the bad stuff. Okay. But he, but I mean, some is it, there's, I see them go into the rescue part. I'm all for it, but like, let's be safe. Well, the sanctuaries, the ones that give them wide yeah. open space, the animals wide open spaces. Yeah, they're not supposed to be entertainment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, going to your point, thing. yeah, but we are able to see things on TV and like see your documentary and National Geographic, David Attenborough, right? Um, if he was talking about how we saved whales at one point and people who had never been to the coast sent money and spread awareness for saving whales. And yet they'd never actually mm-hmm. seen a whale in real life. And that was a, ma- a massive campaign globally. Um, I think mm. that was in the 80s, right? <laughs> 80s mm-hmm. too. Um, maybe we should go back to walk. the 80s. <laughs> they, yeah. They yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. So I think there's something to that about, you know, where's our consciousness at? And when you watch this documentary, and I really encourage everyone, so it's on all digital platforms, go check it out get it watch it you will see just how beautiful and sensitive elephants are you will fall in love and understand yes. elephants but you'll also understand how desperate these animals are and it's of course in a drought but these droughts aren't going away so um louise i wanted to no. touch on that with you so now they're threatened by hunting future droughts and so mm-hmm. are all of these elephants like basically hanging out at the lodge because if they step over those hectares into another piece of land they could get shot is that where the situation is for them well they can't hang out at the lodge because as you see in the opening shot it shows that drone shot of all the green 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 and then it it it, um becomes brown and that's because all the elephants that have come have knocked down all the trees and eaten all the vegetation and that's why we put up the boreholes in far away to try to give them water points that there was food available because they come to the bush camp for the water but then they've got to walk 40 miles to try and find some food so that's a really difficult proposal there's nothing to eat there they've eaten it all Mm. yeah well that makes sense i mean you know they're trying to survive so that makes sense they're going to eat if it's green it's got moisture they're going to eat you know, and, and they right. should, quite frankly, I yeah, get it absolutely. a lot. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, as we would be doing the same thing if we were in their predicament. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. With, with, with elephants being alive, because they're one of the big five that people always want to see in Africa, what I don't understand mm-hmm. is like, if you're going to kill them, that's not really, that's destructive tourism it's endangering it's it's not cool um i don't see that really bringing economic value to the country in regards to 
hiring people, I think there's more money in environmental tourism, what you say, Louise, going over there and seeing, you know, that. If well, I think the fact, I think the fat cats that run Botswana are making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Sure, there's more envi- more money in environmental tourism that trickles down to a lot of employees. And but when you're making eighty thousand dollars per elephant, I mean, yeah. who's getting that? It's not trickling yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. It's going so in I think one that person's that's the motivation. Ah, that's yeah. the point. That's the key. We, and everyone goes, "Oh, it's doing this for conservation," but it's staying there and not mm-hmm. really trickling down. Like when we go to a place and you actually, to me, if you're supporting elephant sands then you're supporting them with the water and that's a direct thing and and everyone again dolfilms.org is the place i want to go margo did you have any questions or comments from watching the film just that i'm right there with you with environmentalism and um tourists because imagine if they charged uh eighty thousand dollars to take a photograph of a of an mm-hmm, elephant yeah. and or a video like like you produced was is just absolutely amazing because it really shows the spirit of the animal and the true animal what the animal is like in its true natural habitat it it had to come out of that into this unusual situation yet it that animal understood that the, that family was trying to help them and they never tried Definitely. to hurt any of those people that were trying to help them. So I I think by going out and thinking you gotta kill everything is just not the level of consciousness that we should be at anymore. I think we should be above that and we should try to allow the animals to be the beautiful creatures that they are, just like the whales, you know, the mm-hmm. beautiful creatures they are. So that's my input. Mm. I, you know, I don't really the hunting thing. Um, if you're hunting to you feed yourself, that's one thing. I don't know too many people who eat elephant meat. I don't know well, how they many. Do. I know some do, but yes. not, not over here, not in Europe. No. no. <laughs> well, but they say when the safari yeah. club always says then the animal yeah. the elephant meat will go to the tribe like a tribe doesn't know how to kill food you know um sorry but it's i don't strange. know it i just feel like you know how do you keep track of it all the balance of it how many people are out there hunting you know so issuing permits might do something yeah they they pay their big bucks then they kill their elephant and I don't know, what do they do with it then? Take the head home and hang it on a wall somewhere and say, look what I did. And then you have to have park police, you know, to look at permits. Yeah. So, I mean, Louise, do you, yeah, I mean, do you see that when you're out there, uh, you know, with, I mean, there's poaching, which is, you have, you know, yeah. forces going up, but then. Yeah, you, you know, there is some good news. I mean, there are parts of the Botswana government that are into conservation. They have cool. done some good things. And Ben Moeller is meeting with the Minister of Wildlife next week, and they're going Mm. to try to establish a two-mile-wide elephant corridor, which has Mm. been done in, I think, up in uh, in other places in in Africa, including Mm -hmm. in Botswana. And it takes the elephants or any wildlife about six months to a year to figure out that's a safe zone. So it would be two miles wide, and that would give them access to elephant sand. So that's a good possibility that's going to happen. Oh, cool. I, you know, I try to make documentaries that inspire people, that 
are hopeful, that um, makes mm-hmm. you want to get out there and help. And, and I think the Mueller family is very inspirational. And the elephants were very inspirational. And that's, mm. I, I, I don't want to just make downer films that you just feel so depressed you want to go have a double martini. Um, I hope that you experienced that with the film, that there was something exactly. inspiring. And, mm-hmm. you know. That's why I said it was the first thing was like, what can we do? You know, exactly. that what can yeah, we do? Yeah, that's right. You did say that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. What can we do? And then you see like how that, you know, understanding elephants, I mean, they are just the most magical and maternal and they're, they're, they're very special beings. They're very sensitive. sensitive. Yeah, they're, yes, very sensitive. And very altruistic. I've witnessed yeah. their altruism. Very, mm. They will save other animals. Yeah. I did a little uh, animated video of uh, a story that I was told by a guide of an elephant and her baby. They were up on top of a hill and down next to the shore, a hippo had come out to have her baby because they don't have them in the water. And a hyena came up and was trying to drag the baby away by the ear. And the mother elephant came down and charged the hip, charged the hyena and he ran off. And the guide told me that a year later he saw them because he tore off the, the uh, hippo's ear and he saw the, the little baby that he'd uh-huh. grown, of course, quite a bit. Wow. And I've heard of other stories of elephant altruism. I just saw a video where this elephant, the same kind of a thing. There were hyenas stalking a lion yeah. who was injured. And there were tourists there watching. And this elephant came out of nowhere, a bull elephant, not a, not a female, and chased the hyenas. So mm-hmm. it's amazing how altruistic they are. Even in in the zoos, I read a few months ago, three, four months ago, about an elephant in a zoo and blackbuck, kind of antelope, were also in the same cage. There's a little waterfall and one of the blackbuck had slipped on a slippery rock and hurt itself and it was about to drown. And the elephant went and tapped on the zookeeper's shoulder because he's raking leaves in there. And he apparently didn't see. But the elephant kept bothering the zookeeper until he saw that the Uh antelope is drowning. So, I mean. Wow. That's really interesting. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so when you look at that and you think it's only, to me, it's the same. It's like killing a human. Mm. I I agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. What, Louis, tell us a little bit about what led you into, you know, elephants. Um, I know you've been up in Polanisburg okay. and other documentaries, but like, it seems that you're, you, I mean, you, you just came back from South Africa, so it's not ending for you with elephants, right? <laughs> and the animals. No, it's not ending with me. No, originally I did a Kickstarter here in the U.S. for a documentary called The Elephants Go to Heaven. And my intention was to work with an animal communicator in South Africa, which I did. I went to South Africa and I was working with her and we were shooting. And we heard about elephant sand and we went there to get B-roll and did interviews with her and with the elephants. And um, she had to go back to Cape Town to work and I stayed. And that's when Benny started showing up. Benny's the elephant that came for help. He had the injured foot. And he started coming and showing us his foot. And then after I was there a while, I mean, I started to realize this was quite a desperate situation. It wasn't as idyllic as it first appeared with just a lot of elephants. So I decided to switch gears and make a documentary about what was happening at Elephant Sands. And that's how that that happened. I just switched. Yeah. 
I had my original impetus was I had made a little video. It's on my YouTube channel at the Seattle Zoo with the three elephants that are there or were there. And I took an elephant communicator and I mean, an animal communicator. And I really believe in that they do communicate. It's been Mm -hmm. proven to me over and over. And um, we were there and the orangutan said, oh, don't worry about us. It was so funny. He told the elephant communicator, we're okay. Go to the elephants. They're in desperate trouble. And uh, we did go. And they were in desperate trouble. And uh, mm. it was a sad, sad interview with, with a very sad outcoming. Oh, I so remember something outcoming. about them. Yeah. yeah. They sold them to the Oklahoma Zoo and they died. And they kept impregnating the female over and over and over. And mm-hmm. she just told the communicator, I don't want to have a baby. And she did have a baby. I didn't want this baby to be brought up in a zoo. And it was tragic. And that was my original impetus to try to highlight the, mm. the sentient beings that, that elephants are. Mm. Do you remember Nosy, that elephant? Mm. That Which sounds one? familiar. Remember the Nosy? There's a story of an elephant that was a little circus elephant here. I mean, a tiny circus, but a big elephant. Well, anyway, that was a happy story. I, actually, I had an animal communicator speak to Nosy too. They were, they were, she was one of 200 elephants that were kidnapped from Zimbabwe in the 80s. Oh, oh wow. 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 Yeah. But this is the thing about how they're, I mean, I even think about how these, you know, the ones that were taken like from Swaziland, right? You're putting them mm-hmm. on a plane. What do you think these yes, wild yeah. beings are feeling yeah. like? I mean, even what we're doing to our wild horses in this country is just abominable about like how we're splitting up the families and it's just like oh we can do this we're going to pay so and so over here so this is it's like legal wildlife trafficking Mm -hmm. you know someone Mm -hmm. has a purple stamp someone has the green and there we go and Mm -hmm. and that's you know so it's it's a very um we can do things and i think that's the thing is documentaries God, I thank God every day about documentaries because mm-hmm. the film doesn't lie. You know, it's like That's this right. is it's and so and it was so honest and pure. Your your filmmaking is amazing. I mean, just even all the the footage and the the just being able to watch the wildlife is inspiring just to, like it's magnificent, you know. And mm-hmm. just even, you know, the Mueller family just to hear their just raw real they're just there's no there's no frills about it this is the real deal mm-hmm. it's so authentic and i think yes. that's such an important thing about what you're doing with your films so that is that is that what led you to become a nonprofit too is to you know be able to make these movies to get people to take action and it's cool that you're able to take funds and help i mean that that's mm-hmm. novel that's awesome yeah, I've kind of made that, um, integrated that into my filmmaking. When I did Angels in the Dust, which is in Plansburg, we I started a, a bracelet campaign. You can see it there on my website. Bloomingdale sold them for a long time. And um, I support two, two orphanages with those proceeds. And I employed, at one time I was employing 80 women in South Africa. And now we're wow. starting a sugar bean farm, sugar bean farm and employing all women. And the profits are going to go to helping the elephants from the sugar bean farm. So it's, it helps the women get employment and mm. helps the elephants get funding for the water. And that's a new project I've started. So I do try to integrate some kind of a social action campaign that people can get involved with and Man. make a difference. Well, this is cool. awesome. 
this is awesome. Mm. I love this. And you're empowering women too, which in Africa, that needs to right. happen. That's yeah, a big deal. That's so true. And yeah. in other countries so too. <laughs> in no, our country, no, really. <laughs> let's not go there. And, and not <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> we, 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 we really funny. do. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, it's okay, like, here, here, here. Yeah, yeah, we still need to do that. Where are we right now in regards to statistics for elephants? You know, I was reading in some of the information you sent out media wise that an elephant is killed every 15 minutes yeah, uh, in Africa. Is that yeah. still is that still where we're at? Uh, it's probably increased with Botswana legalizing the hunting because they're they're killing. I think it's three fifty to four hundred elephants a year. Yeah, so that statistic was when elephants were a bit more protected. I, I don't know what mm-hmm. the updated one is, but they're you know they're the gardeners of Africa. They need mm-hmm. they support so many other species, as you know. And without them, it, it's going to affect the ecosystem in a huge way. And so many oh. other species are dependent on them. Oh, and you know what's something new that's happening now? It's mm. really become, and we had one, we had one elephant in elephant sense. They're being born without tusks. They're tuskless. What? Oh, wow. I guess, yeah, we had a tuskless elephant. Wow. There. That was her name. Her name is Toothless. And um, that's, yeah, that's you know, right. they need their they need their they need their tusks. They use them for digging. Yeah. They use them to protect themselves. And the hunters, of course, they kill the best and the you know the best genetic the stuff, best, the biggest yeah, tusk, biggest. the strongest yeah. bull. So the gene yeah. pool is being destroyed as well. I mean, there's so many repercussions from this. This is yeah. interesting yeah. because we've done ah. a couple inter- interviews recently, and everyone will get them out there. I think I think we're going to have to just do nature connection every week just now. Like seriously, because well, we've got a time. I mean, it's like it, we can't ignore. We have deadlines, man. You know uh, with what's going on with climate uh-huh. change. But from some of the interviews right. we've done with some of the biologists, they're really talking about how animals are adapting and changing according to what their situation is, and it is like uh-huh. this protective thing. So that's interesting yeah. about being, you know, being born without yeah. tusks. That their genes we're are going more and more huge dude, you don't want the task. Uh, you're going to have to find a different yep. way to eat, you know? Oh, that's yep. wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and then they what use happens? the tusks for so much. Yeah. 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 I mean, they, 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 they need, need it to dig. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, they need them. Yes, they I, do need them. I love that you're talking about them being mm-hmm. the gardeners, you know, because I think I want people to understand that because, you know, you see them in the trees and they do take down tree limbs and stuff, but it's not necessarily a bad mm-hmm. thing. Um, so can you touch mm-hmm. on that a little bit more? Because I think you know, they really, this is something we always talk about is the web of life. You kill one species, you've mm-hmm. now killed 10, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And that includes right. the habitat, right? Right. Yeah. Like you say, they take down the leaves, they eat the leaves and they walk 40 miles and then they uh, go to the bathroom and then they seeds in the poop. And so as they move along through the different uh, areas, there are, dispensing their, those seeds and they also make paths through the, the jungle although the Botswana doesn't that part of Botswana doesn't have jungle but up in other areas they do and they just um there's many species dependent on on the elephant mm. and, and so now you know we've got the and you can still go to the resort right everyone so you, you want to check that out too yes they would love to go see there you. yeah That's and not expensive and, what it just it check it out it's a real deal when you go there and things can happen and go bump in the middle of the night 
but even when she was talking the yeah. one lady was talking about how they you know there's tent sites and how the elephants will walk through the tent sites but never touch the tents oh. like just right. they're like yeah you know there's there's they're dainty oh. they are they are cognizant of a, human yes it's, it's amazing to me and you know their feet are huge they used to make stools from their feet and sometimes you still see them yeah yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Horrible. Yeah. 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 Like, That's where I learned about the Safari Club International. Who's walking oh, into yeah. in in Kenya, walking into a dining room, and everything said we're conservationists, and everything was dead and hanging. That was Mount and, Kenya, oh, wasn't it? That was Mount it, Kenya. It Lodge? was like Safari Lodge. Oh, they changed those. man, it was like just. This is what we kill in the name of conservation. Yeah. Okay. Hello. Yeah. What's wrong with this? You know, well, there's there's a huge they don't difference. Understand. Yeah, there's a huge difference for eating from the land, right? And and yeah, you know, as they say in South Africa, hunting for the pot, and and you know that happens all throughout our country here in in the states, mm-hmm. and so you know there's all and then there's you know we can be vegan too. We can we've got all these different things we can do. But we should be conscious about what we're doing. And when you're killing an elephant, I don't, I, I really don't understand the ego behind that, especially when animals are facing climate change. And I love the title, by the way, Elephant Refugees, because we're looking at mm-hmm. our refugees, you know, when we look at climate change, I always talk about this. It's like, hey, everybody's all freaked out about people leaving countries with political drama and real strife and uh, hey climate change it people are having to leave islands and leave places now because of climate change yet the bigger countries are the ones doing the most polluting um just looking at the you know the latest uh, you know here we are polluting the places that are clean and when you look at elephant sands that that lodge is running clean compared right to what a lodge would do in a city so It, it it's just this is a weird thing that we have but animals are migrating too and they're moving you know they're oh they're encroaching into the cities that they were always in and we built in, into it so we have mm-hmm. this balance going on and i think your film showed coexistence so well that it it can happen mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah, you're right. I hadn't thought about that, but you're absolutely right. It certainly can happen. There's a great example of it right there. Those elephants were everywhere, and nothing yeah. ever happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your work. Thank you mm-hmm. for joining thank us. You for... um, my gosh, you come back anytime. <laughs> we want to know everything okay, that you Lisa. do. <laughs> All right, we thank want, you. Thank you so much updates. for the exposure. Oh, you okay. bet. You bet. We yeah. can't wait for everyone to hear this and uh, go to watch it and support you. Again, everyone, Elephant Refugees is the film. Go to dolfilms.org. It is out digitally uh, so you can get it on all your favorite places. And of course, we want to thank Margo for being here, co-host and supporter mm-hmm. of the environment. You can go find out about Margo's photography. Go to Carrera fineartgallery.com we're here every fourth friday and mm-hmm. some more so like basically just keep up with us at bigblendradio.com or on our instagram facebook all that stuff and uh we we have a lot going on for the rest of this year and into the new year so um it's never ending so thank you again and ladies thanks for joining us take care and let's save elephants
Yes. Thank you, ladies. Really appreciate the interview. Thank you very much. Thank you.